Hill again, you have been more than welcome today. Um, so as Apollo was saying, we are doing a series that is about songs and um, we're taking themes from songs and talking about them. So the song that I picked is called uh, Passport Home by JP Cooper. And um, I'm not going to sing it because uh, that's, what, that's what Spotify is for, guys. So you can add it to your playlist and listen... <laughs> listen to it later um but the chorus says you're my passport home my guiding light my hand to hold don't you know that you're my passport home without you close i can't go on and the song is about um a guy that's far from his partner and he's talking about his wish to be with her and the fact that she makes him feel at home and my topic for today is about home that's what we're going to be talking about so I want you all to just take a minute to think about home, think about your own home, um, where it is, how it makes you feel, what you've got in it. If you're still at your mum's house, then think about your room in your home that has your possessions in it. And think about what have you got that if it was taken away would make you feel uncomfortable, would be unfamiliar. Um, home is usually a place that we attach feelings of comfort so yeah just picture your house your room all the things that make you feel at home so this is a place of familiarity and a place of safety security belonging a place that we feel with things that are important to us so if you're a technological type of person you might have lots of um, games consoles and um, phones and different things like my uncle loves stuff like that so that would make him feel at home uh, you might have comforts you like pictures and memories on the wall these are the things that when you go into that place you feel like you belong because everything is it is usually yours and our house is a place that is linked to leisure time family time relaxing a place to be revived to de-stress it's a place of refuge most of the time and if we didn't grow up in a house like that we usually have an idea an idealistic place that we would consider to be home for us the problem that we face is that you can be at home in the wrong place and you can stay in a place that shouldn't be your home and call it home for a long period of time but what if we were meant to leave what does that look like so the first scripture that I want us to turn to is Genesis 12, uh, verse 1 to 4. And I am reading today from the NIV version, but whatever version you have is fine. So verse 1 says, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all the people on earth will be blessed through you. And the beginning of verse four says, so Abraham went. And I was thinking about this particular scenario and how it relates to me. Because when... Um, my husband got a new job working at a church in Hoxton 
Um, we live in Croydon. I've lived there like all my life, apart from when I went to uni and then I came back. So I knew it was only going to be for four years. I'd be back. And we still live in the same area. My mum's down the road. My auntie's up the road. My sister's around. Like, it's a place that I know very well. And when he got this job, um, the vicar said, oh, you can move to Hoxton. We like all the people that are working at our church to be in the community. We can give you accommodation. You can just come move to Hoxton. And so he told me this idea. And I was like, no, no, we're not living in Hoxton. No, thank you. That's all right. I'm fine where I am, thanks. Have everything I need right here. And... I would like complete I didn't even ask Jesus. I just said no. Like straight away. I was like, no. Don't want to live in Hackney. Don't want to live in Hoxton. You can go serve over there. I'ma stay here in Fulton Heath. Thank you very much. And why did I not want to leave? Because I was so comfortable in this place. Like the streets, I know them like the back of my hand. If I need a babysitter, there are plenty within walking distance of my house. I know how to get to work. I know the local Tesco. I know where everything is placed on the shelves in the Tesco because I've shopped there for so long, right? It's a place that makes me feel comfortable. So this idea that I was gonna leave everything I know to go stay in a place where I didn't choose, they were gonna pick the flat for us, right? And somehow I was gonna cram my whole existence into this new place, I was against it. Even if it was God's will, I didn't wanna consult him. I said, I'm not asking Jesus, we're just not going, the end. But yeah, Abraham left everything, right? And it wasn't like my call was to leave, to go to Jamaica or to go to Ghana or somewhere far away, right? This is 45 minutes on a train. It's still in London. There's still Tesco's about, train stations, normal streets. I would find everything I need in this new place. But there was something that was attaching me to this postcode that I believed was mine. And God has said to Abraham, not only go from your country, your people, your culture, your traditions, your father's house, everything you know, he isn't even telling him where he's going. There's no end destination in this call. It's like, just leave, go to the place I'm going to show you at some point. And that's like a bigger thing, right? That's like a a massive point of faith to leave everything you have to go into an unknown. What can you carry? If God is telling you leave everything to a place, I don't, I'm not even telling you where you're going. I'm not telling you um, how far it is. You can't take everything with you. A lot of the times, like when you watch these programs about people that are um, deciding whether they're going to move to Australia, right? And they go and live there for a few weeks and then they decide whether they're going to leave. A lot of the times they said, if I could pick up my whole family and take them with me, it would be fine. It would be great. I'd do it. And we attach ourselves to people and things and memories because it makes us feel safe. But it's not just a physical house that connects us to a place called home, right? We find ourselves at home in our relationships, in our jobs, in our church, in our ministry, in the world as a whole. And I remember I worked, um, one of my first jobs was at Debenhams and I was a cashier. I didn't really like the job, but it was fine for the moment, right? And one of the women on my team had been working there for 25 years as a cashier. And I was talking to her and I was like, did you not want to go for a promotion? Did you not think like you could be manager now? She's like, no, I'm quite at home. I know my job. I know my role. This is all there is to me. I have no desire to do anything more. And I couldn't understand her lifestyle. I was just like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm trying to get more and do more and be successful. But she was fine with it. She had made that place her home. And so I was thinking about what are the places that we have made home? 
and that we are so connected to that even the idea that God would want us to move from that place causes us to have anxiety and stress like me. So if we go to John 4, uh, which is the story about the woman of Samaria at the well. And the reason why I picked this um, particular story is because Jesus meets this woman and they're talking about water they're talking about um give me this to drink like jesus is presenting her with an idea that there's water that you can have that you will never thirst again and if we see in verse 16 he says go call your husband and come back and she says i have no husband jesus says you are right when you say you have no husband because the fact is you have had five husbands and the man that you now have is not your husband and so she's, she's obviously thirsty for something because when he presents this idea that she can have a water where she would never thirst again, she wants this thing. But over the course of her life, she's tried to make her home in relationships and in men. And she's tried to cause them to fill this for her, this void that she has. And she's gone from relationship to relationship. So whenever she's been in these places and realised this is not home she's just moved on and moved on and moved on and still she hasn't found what she's really looking for and sometimes we attach people and we we put ourselves in situations where we want that person to fill us and to fill the void that we have and to be everything to us to make us complete but really they can't do that they don't have this water that will never make you first again and you can try as much as you want but they they can't give you what god has for you so there's the relationships that um, keep us in one place. There's also a, a lifestyle issue that we have. So in Luke, in Luke 18, uh, verse 18, we see a certain ruler come to Jesus and his question is, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And again, it's about, it's about eternity. It's not about right here. It's about what happens after I die. What can I do to get eternal life? And Jesus says, you know the commandments. You know what to do. Don't commit adultery. Don't murder. Don't steal. Um, Honour your father, your mother. And this ruler is like, yeah, cool. Got that. Done all of those things. And then Jesus says, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. And in verse 23, it says, when he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. And so his wealth had provided a lifestyle for him that he wasn't prepared to give up, even for eternal life. Like this is like an, an everlasting life. You don't know how long you have on earth, but because this wealth and this lifestyle has got you believing that you have everything you need, even the concept of being poor and not having it like, he, he doesn't know who he is without these possessions. He doesn't know who he is without this lifestyle. And so he leaves eternity to cling on to wealth. And we know that that's it's not a wise decision. Because in Luke chapter 12, we see another uh, rich fool who is, like, trying to tear down his houses and like build greater ones so that he can host all of these possessions and material things that he has collected 
and God says to him, this night your life will be demanded from you, then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Like what worth is all these things that you're striving for and wanting to have, going to have after you die? Like, and one of the things that I want us to think about is, have we become so sucked into this rat race and this idea that it is about what we have on earth that we're not looking at our eternity. We're not actually thinking about what it means to build treasure in heaven and what God wants us to do to to do that. So we're thinking about home and thinking about ourselves and whether we have our priorities mixed up because if we're only on earth for maybe 70 years and we do everything we can to have a great life and then we die and what we've done in those 70 years uh, determines what happens to us for all of eternity then our focus should really be on eternity and not on this life right here but it's a hard and difficult thing to think about the kingdom all the time because we've been taught to strive for success and there's a certain level of status that is applied to things that happen in your life like when you move out when you get a good job when you get married when you have kids you can get sucked into this lifestyle that you all you're doing is focusing on it and then when when god tells you to do something like move to hoxton you're like no jesus that's not in the plan actually and really if god wanted me to move to hoxton i should have been like okay Like, let's go because God is sending us there. Thankfully, he wasn't because I did ask him at some point. But initially, it was all my flesh. It was all me. It was all what makes me comfortable, what makes me happy. I don't care about the people that will be saved if I go to Hoxton. I don't care that I could start a revival by moving 45 minutes down the road. I don't want to. I don't want to. So that's it. That's the end of the story. And how do we... How do we enable ourselves to prioritise what really matters? The Bible says that we should seek first the kingdom of God and then everything else will be added to us. It says that we shouldn't worry about what the Gentiles are worrying about, about what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear and where you're going to live because God's already got that sorted. And if we actually believe that, we would live life with a new level of freedom because what what chains us is this idea that we have to sort these things out and we are responsible for our clothes and our bills and our house and our food and if I don't go to work and if I don't follow the pattern that that the world has set for me I'm not going to be okay and so we train ourselves and we limit ourselves and we limit what God is actually trying to do because we're fixated on that ideology What does that mean for the kingdom of God? Okay, so if we go to Haggai, chapter 1. And um, Okay, so in Haggai, chapter 1, there was a call to the people. They were supposed to be building God's house. In verse 2, It says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your panelled houses while this house remains a ruin? 
Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in them. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains, bring down timber and build my house that, so that I may take pleasure in it and be honoured. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why? Because of my house, which remains a ruin while each of you is busy with your own house. And so this is about a physical building for God, right? They were supposed to physically build a temple for God. But what happened was they were focused on their own individual houses. I'm going to make my house look fancy and I'm going to get all the words and I'm going to decorate it the way I need it to be. And all that matters is my house. And while they were all focusing on themselves, God's house was getting neglected. And that's not the way it should be. If they focused on God's house, their house would have been sorted because God would bless them for it. And what we have now is that the kingdom of God, we're not building a, a physical house for God, right? He doesn't want us to go to the mountains and take timber and build a house in the middle of Clapham Common, like, thankfully, because most of us don't have the skills to do that. But what he has done is he said that I have made your body a temple, yeah? I've come to live inside of you, so we become the house of God. But think about if you're going to move into a house and it's supposed to be unfurnished because you've got plenty things yeah we all have possessions that make our house a home cool you go to the house and the house somebody else has left all their stuff in every room they've furnished it they've decorated it there's no room for you anywhere and so you have to put all your stuff in the basement or the attic or the loft because there's just too much stuff in there god has moved into our hearts and made it a home but have you given him space have you given the holy spirit room have you given him access to every area of yourself or have you said all right holy spirit i know that you want to come live here but what's going on is like this room's got all my desires in it and this room's got all my wants and i know you really want to move into the bedroom but right now there's things going on in there so could you just move all your stuff to the attic please and at some point i'll redecorate and then when i get time to clear out i'm going to move you to like different areas of the house slowly that's not what God wants, right? He doesn't want us to, to try and keep our own desires and wants and then give him a small little box room somewhere where he lodges and we don't really see him because we're in and out and in and out. No, he wants to have full access to the whole house, which means you've got to clear out all your stuff. You've got to clear out everything. You've got to call in the movers. If you don't want to do it yourself, somebody can come and help you and like just get rid of everything that is stopping you from making the kingdom your priority. It's not easy because these are the things that make us feel safe and these are the things we've attached to our identity. So let's say you, you're known for being the fitness guru. You're known for eating well and going to the gym and so your house is full of all that stuff. And then God says, actually, all the time you spend in the gym, I want you to go and volunteer it to the homeless shelter. And then all of a sudden, you don't know who you are anymore because you've made yourself this image of a fitness guru. And you say, well, I can't, I can't give that all up because that's who I am, Jesus. 
And God is like, but I made you, okay? How about that? How about you're, you're attaching yourself to this thing because it gives you a sense of purpose, but that's not the purpose that I want for you. And the gifts that I've placed in you and the things that I want you to do require you to make time to do it. So you're going to have to give up your smoothies and your vegan diet and your gym membership for a while, right? So that I can put you in the place where I want you to be. And because it's so hard for us to be uncomfortable because we feel just, we feel anxious. It's like going into a room of strangers and then you have to give a speech or something. Like you, you feel on edge, you feel uneasy. And so it's, it's, a, it's a constant working. Sometimes you feel like you've given the Holy Spirit access and then you realize actually there's still stuff that you need to get rid of. And you feel like, no, actually, there's times when I go shopping for new clothes, right? Because in my head, I don't have a lot of clothes. When I try and find space in the wardrobe to put the new clothes, I realise, actually, maybe a clear-out is in, is in need because I've got clothes that don't fit me anymore. I've got clothes that I don't wear, but I'm not, I'm not getting rid of them because there's memories attached to them. And maybe one day I'll fit in it. Or maybe not. Maybe I should just clear it out so that I can do a new thing, right? So what I want us to do is to, to think about the places that we have made home and to think about whether we're staying there because we're comfortable or we're staying there because that's where God wants us to be. And often, the places that God wants us to make home, we don't want to make home, yeah? So we can have a job that's really stressful and annoying and we don't like anybody there because they get on our nerves and we're like, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. I'm getting ready to leave. And we spend all our time looking for a new job. And God's like, I put you there for a reason. Can you go and do the work I've called you to do because you're supposed to be the light? No, Jesus, this is uncomfortable. I don't like it here. And the money's good, but that don't make no sense. There's other jobs. I'm going to leave. And so we, we decide what we're going to do based on how it makes us feel. What's comfortable for me? And we have choice. God's given us free will. You don't want to force us. So then, yeah, so for the last five minutes, I just want you to think about the areas where you have made home and think about whether you are a good home for the Holy Spirit or whether there's a bunch of things that you need to get rid of and you need to give God access to more levels of your house because he's sitting in the attic waiting to get keys to the rest of the house. So... Um, and also think about would you be willing to leave and if not why not what's preventing you from being willing to say yes I'm ready send me and what kind of mindset change do we need to be able to be in that place where we can be like Abraham and just leave everything and go because the promise of God will not fail there was a specific promise to Abraham I will bless you you will be a great name, you will be a great nation. And that is attached on your obedience and your willingness to leave everything you know and everything you've attached yourself to. So I'm gonna pray. And then what I'm gonna ask you guys to do is just find somebody to get in a pair and just pray for the other person. Um, and then we're then we're gonna be we're gonna be done. Um, so Father Lord God, we thank you 
for your word. We thank you for today. We thank you that we could be gathered in this place to hear a word that is is challenging to everything that makes us who we think we are. And we pray, God, that you would just speak to us during the course of today and the rest of the week on where we have put ourselves that we're not supposed to be, where we are struggling to obey this call for us to leave, where we have not given you enough room in ourselves for you to make yourself at home. I pray that we would understand the purposes and the plans that you have for us and have a freedom where we are not um, limiting the course of our life based on a gentile mentality to the earth where we are seeking to build up treasures in heaven and not focus on what we can acquire in this lifetime so god we just pray that you would open us up to what you want to do in us and help us to to move that forward that we could continue to have a clear out mentality where we empty ourselves so that you would fill us up with your purposes with your plan and with your holy spirit that we would be effective in the world that we would bring change to the nations and that we would be in your will in jesus name amen